0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.
1: Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live.
0: Show what you can!
1: It's time.
2: Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks, the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes all can learn something new. Me too. I heard words, but no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. CMG Anime comics, movies and games that come on and let's get it Talk time Anime comics, movies and games that come on and let's get it Talk time Anime comics, movies and games that come on and let's get it Talk time Anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it Talk time
0: Gentlemen, welcome to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody had a peaceful week. I know I did. It was my birthday week, so, you know, I did nothing but chill, relax, because there's nothing else to do. We're all quarantined in. We're supposed to be quarantined in, but, you know, of course, that's not everybody. You know, things are different this year. Things are going to be different this year, and it's going to be a slow burn to getting things back or better than what it used to be. And that's okay because I don't, I, I'm chill. You know, you're talking about a guy who was in house arrest for at one point when he was a kid. So, you know, I mean, for unfortunate reasons, and uh, I, I should explain that. You know, when I say I'm in, I, when I was on house arrest, it wasn't for anything I did wrong. I was wrongfully accused, and therefore they put me a house arrest. And that was okay because that was like, it's like grounding somebody it's like literally grounding somebody and you know sending them to their room that has cable a nintendo entertainment system a couch bed and just all t- sorts of things to chill so i'm like house arrest was nothing to me but i digress i'm used to this this is no big deal <laughs> i had it done before and you know it, it, you know last year we we got to really do a, a lot this year, not so much. Um, just, I'm okay with being it, being able to wait, and that's fine. But while I'm here, I got so much technology, I got so much entertainment, and it gives me the opportunity to do this show. So that didn't slow down one bit. And what a show we have today, because we are going to be talking about all sorts of things. Uh, but the top of the... I, and I, you know, it's funny, I had to really go back and forth on what the talk topic was going to be, because I got two major things I want to talk about uh one of course is WandaVision and two is a look back at Scout Pilgrim versus the world the movie if you guys listen to the uh select star podcast I you know kind of did a revision uh, uh, not a review a look back at the game because the game came back out Ubisoft brought it back out for a new generation of gamers and it really can't Get a review because it's the same exact game from back and i believe what 2010 i believe it came out and there's nothing changed it's just the same great game that everybody rated rated highly for it was like i gave it an a plus so we just went back on why this game was so great the same thing is going to go for this movie because this was one of those movies that was a cult classic and the only reason why it's considered a cult classic because not many people got a chance to see it I think it came out during it came out during a really bad time or when another movie came out I forgot the reason for it but it was kind of under it, it was shadowed by something big that came out that time and it never got the justice that it did because it was critically acclaimed it was beautifully done Edgar Wright directed it and did a fantastic job doing what i thought was the undoable and so what we did what i decided to do is that i'm going to talk about that in the next segment after all the news that we're going to talk about division has to be the top brass for this it has to be on a talk topic because the first two episodes came out and there were some things that needed to be talked about and, and the only reason why i did it, i think that i decided to make this the talk topic is because the response from some fans in regards to what they were watching and i think i i want to talk about that and also explain because i i kind of think i understand why certain fans and maybe just a vocal minority of fans of course you know thought of it the way it was and we it's a whole demographic and generational thing of course so I decided to make WandaVision the top priority here is we will be the talk topic and we'll talk about Scott Pilgrim in the next segment so along with all the news so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG
2: and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the first order of news that we're going to talk about is the first look at the Mortal Kombat movie. We got pictures exclusively from entertainment weekly that uh came out this week and I, I gotta say if you want to get any first looks of anything it's usually from two major formats that's entertainment weekly and empire magazine and i used to like subscribe to both of those because of that and it, for i would say empire magazine is even more fun to um uh, subscribe to because if you get the digital version for your like your ipad or tablet they have like really big elaborate animated covers that they always do and it's always something cool that they put together in it i love it because it always made me want to work for empire magazine because they always managed to do something really cool with their magazine covers uh like that you know in in terms of you know designing you know commercial arts and stuff like that because that's what i do so i you know empire magazine is just always one of my favorites in that sense but Entertainment Weekly and, th- and that one too. If you subscribe to them, 9 chances out of 10, you always get some really cool issues with some epic first looks of everything. So, this time they we get a first look at the Mortal Kombat movie that is uh, set to come in April, I believe. When is this coming out? Uh, April 16th of this uh, year. So, we uh, finally get something to look because we really didn't get anything out of this other than it was coming out this year. And they've been working on it heavily and we got one two three four five six seven seven pictures coming from the uh website it's really not i mean i mean from what i'm looking at right now i'm not excited i'm not really that hype yet about it because one a part of it kind of looks like the old movie from from new line cinema from way back in the day like i'm not seeing anything that's getting me really really hype it just looks like the same old mortal kombat the same settings everything um it's it, it, i i won't i think i can't get i i can't speak for anybody else but i can't get excited until i see a trailer and that's when i will get excited because right now the pictures don't do it justice like you could you could throw up the pictures of the original mortal kombat movie and put them up against this one with the exception of jacks because there is no way that they would be able to do any type of cgi of what they did to Jax's arms here <laughs> it would have been look it would look like the same thing it would look exactly the same thing but we um we have like seven pictures here and this movie is directed by simon mccoy uh and it's starring ludi lin as Louis kang max hong uh or huang as uh kung lao jessica mcnami as uh, sonia blade jason lawson as kano uh hidoyuki sonata as scorpion uh louis tan as cole young if you're a mortal Kombat fan and you hear that name and you're trying to figure out where the hell that name came from guess what you won't find it it's a brand new character that's gonna bring some interest here uh Mikad Brooks, who many people know as James Olsen from Supergirl, is playing Jackson. We'll cover that situation in just a second. Chen Han as uh, Shang Sun as well. So here we have pictures that are from Entertainment Weekly showing uh, Sub Zero and a picture with uh, Sub Zero and Scorpion uh, before they became their own alter egos. In here, so it's like it might be just like some sort of a uh, flashback you know heading to that we got another one with the new character cole young in here um so that that right there we got another one showing sub-zero using uh projecting a ice dagger which is something characteristic of him we see Jax with his cybernetic arms in here which is very interesting because this is interesting here because i'm 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 wondering if this, you, oh, well, you know what? I didn't realize this. I did not realize this. Everybody's focusing on Jax, but I just realized he's holding on to a what it looks like a sledgehammer. And if you look at the left of the picture, if you go into Entertainment Weekly, you can see these pictures there. If you look at the left of the picture, the shoulder, it's shoulder pads looking awfully familiar like Khan. so I, it looks like Khan is going to be in the movie as well that was not mentioned at all i don't know if anybody realized that because they were so focused on chax's mustache which now everybody is calling him steve harvey and it, there's a lot of memes coming out with, with they're regrafting his face into steve harvey's face is hilarious i knew when i first saw him they had a set pick with him on air, and he had that mustache i'm like ah that's gonna be a problem i don't understand just give him a goatee That's jacks in the in the um video game had a goatee he didn't have a steve harvey ma- uh mustache you would not have had this problem if he had a goatee like there's nothing more badass than a goatee i'm not saying that because i have one but <laughs> i'm just saying that it's like it is like a a a steve harvey like mustache does not work here uh i don't know I, I i was questionable about him even playing Jax in the first place i know he's built for the part physically uh we'll see we'll see we also see a picture here with Sonya blade with kano and uh this is just It's obvious as kano a lot uh, this is funny because a lot of this looks like it, it's weird you, you can't figure out the timeline of what they're basing this on because you got kano without the cybernetic eye and his eye is just scratched up or whatever so i don't know what they're doing but or maybe he does have a cybernetic eye because this picture of him he does have a red eye so it could be that he does but it's not coming out as um or probably later on it'll come out with the plate with the uh with the cybernetic plate that's inside him too so i think it might just lead into that and then of course we got the last picture that shows Liu kang and uh kung lao back to back you know teaming up the Shaolin uh, what do they call those in the the, uh, game Uh, it's not the Shaolin Alliance I forgot what they called them but the uh, Shaolin Warriors of course that they are so according to GameInformer.com you had to understand the story because this Cole Young character is is really interesting the story according to GameInformer.com the story is based on Cole Young who is a down on his luck washed up mixed martial arts fighter who has a mysterious connection to the Mortal Kombat tournament? He also has the birthmark that resembles the iconic dragon symbol on his chest. And that is going to be interesting. Uh, because that means they're changing the entire story around. This could take place after the events of the first tournament. Because show I mean, again, the, the picture with Jax shows Shao Kahn in here you know there, there's a lot of thi- this is going to be interesting nobody knows the, the I mean I just told you sort of the storyline but it doesn't tell you is this based on the events before the tournament is I, I think it's going to be based on it uh after uh who we don't know who is the main villain even though I kind of see it's just obvious the more I'm looking at it now is obviously it's, Sha- it's Shao Kahn uh with his hammer so he could be the main thing here and if you guys remember shao Kahn was in uh he the first appearance we saw him was on uh annihilation which by far was the most god-awful sequel that you could ever see outside of highlander 2. <laughs> so, it was just awful i mean it was just so bad like christopher lambert wasn't even reprising his role as raiden uh the actress who played the original actress who played sonya blade and johnny cage was not there it was just so bad it, it was very cheaply done it, it it was it looked like the level of the super sentai you know series in japan in, the, in in like in the early 90s and 2000s it just looked really really bad this is a terrible movie i tr- i think i watched it like at least two maybe three times and i, I think the third time I was like i just can't anymore it just, it, it was just so poorly done uh, it was just... And I think... I don't believe the director, uh... Um... Who directs the... Uh, the original Mortal Kombat movie... And the... was it? The Resident Evil movies wasn't a part of this as well, so... Which I think that was the biggest downfall because he... That was the one movie he really, really nailed in there, so... Um... It was awesome. It was really, really awesome. Um... So i i don't know man i don't know the other thing that was said too and i saw on the on imdb when i was looking things up was that there are also other significant characters making their film debut and uh for the mortal Kombat series as well including natara now that name doesn't ring a bell for many people natara is a previous character they didn't re- they didn't bring her back for the recent ones i believe it, it was said that she is in a she makes a Quick appearance in Mortal Kombat 11. I failed to really pay attention to that, but she first appeared on uh, Mortal Kombat: Deadly Alliance, and she was in a few other uh, mo- uh, other games after that as well. So uh, she is. I don't. I can't remember too much about the character. I do know that she should have wings, like uh, like bat wings or like devil demon wings or something like that. She should have a tail or stuff like that. She was an interesting character during that time this was uh daily alliance if you guys remember was the very first time Liu Kang actually died because it was the time when um who was it Quan Chi and Shang Shun, uh Shang soon decided to team up with each other and in doing so they killed Liu Kang which then uh debuted the actual uh zombie Liu Kang <laughs> which was a very interesting time for Mortal Kombat. Uh this Mortal Kombat and as opposed to the original and, and in its sequel will be rated R. So that'd be interesting. The movie like I said will arrive on April 16th in theaters and exclusively on HBO Max as well. So the reason why i love with hbo max and warner brothers is dumb because if this thing sucks at least i won't have to know that i didn't pay more than i have my fair share and i didn't have to run out to the theaters to go see this if it was bad so this could be real this could be pretty good or good bad we'll see <laughs> we'll see but i mean i yeah so far with the pictures i can't really make too i i could the one thing i am confident is that the cgi and special effects will be good In terms of writing and narrative and character portrayal and 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 character direction, I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know. I'm just, I'll just. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it looks good from what I'm seeing. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look campy. Doesn't. It looks exactly like the original movie, and a lot of people love the original movie. So hopefully they'll carry the essence of that and give it a little bit more oomph to it. Now, if it's uh, hopefully it's because their comparison now it's not really the, not just the original movie but it's also the video game as well because the video game storytelling has been awesome like and this is a, that's, that was backed by Warner Brothers 2 and that, was, that got the Warner Brothers protect um you know uh seal of approval as well so it'll be interesting to see how this fares against the original and the video game because the, to me the video game stories are just as great as well here so Moving on to some very interesting other news that I just come that I just came across in my notification. Uh, you know, I'm a Netflix subscriber, so you know we get notifications of new things that are coming out. And I, this was interesting here. I'm not. I never really, really watched this cartoon, and when I did, it was only because there was nothing else on. And even then, I wasn't too much a fan of it. But this live action version, I may need to jump on this. Uh, Fate the Winx saga coming to Netflix on uh, January 22nd which I believe is this week yep this Friday and uh, basically if that even remotely sounds familiar to you the, term, the word Winx it's because it is based on the popular cartoon series known as the Winx Club where it's a it, it involves a particular character going to a school of, of uh, fairies And they all learn how to you know use their powers or whatever like that so uh it it has become a popular series i believe it uh also spawned a spinoff or sequel or whatever so it you know it has a popular uh fan base with it and also it uh had a toy line as well so that it 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 was a successful series so much so that they're making a live action version now the live action version looks a little bit more realistic and sophisticated has a really hypertone to it in a sense and it, it, if i could compare it to anything almost like um riverdale and the chilling adventures of uh sabrina so i and the special effects were phenomenal from what i saw in the trailer and this was enough and i, I it was enough to bring more interest to me so i may be checking this out and it comes out january 22nd if you're a fan of it definitely go out of your way and check it out i didn't i wasn't a, too much of a fan of the cartoon version but man they, they put a lot in to this trailer and this is exactly what i was talking about with mortal kombat it's like i can't be convinced by pictures any hd picture looks great <laughs> i need to see a trailer and hopefully we will get to see a trailer sooner that and hopefully it will look just as great as uh fate the wink saga uh looks as well so we'll we will see this news That i have right here is ginormous because it's the news that a lot of marvel fans have been waiting for this week we got the confirmation from kevin feige himself deadpool 3 is finally confirmed to be in the marvel cinematic universe and it will remain in its rated r fashion kevin feige has confirmed that to uh that the merc with the mouth will officially join the mcu and it will be rated r ryan reynolds is helping to oversee the script according to feige uh he went on to say as well that he doesn't believe the movie will begin shooting the this year and right understandably so because there's if you watch the um the video that they did the uh preview that they did or the showcase that they did of all those things that they're coming out with they got they got a lot in their hands right now, and of course, Deadpool wasn't one of them because that wasn't that was still under discussion, uh, obviously. But you know, he he uh, wants to make sure him and Reynolds, who are Reynolds uh, Ryan Reynolds, is overseeing the script. They want to make sure that uh, they get Deadpool's entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe just right. So uh, this is awesome. This was awesome, and this is what everybody was hoping for, uh, especially during Deadpool Two, because it kind of hinted on a lot of things, and it the writing was tailored to it. It was tailored to be just in case Fox gets you know gets brought up by Disney, which it did, that they would be able to make hints as if it, as if they were a part of it, and that was just brilliantly done. So let's go down with Deadpool's history because this is an interesting history, and this int- which even more interesting is that you have a character. Who's he he's from he's from a series of movies that is now defunct x-men came out in 2000 x-men came out with highly acclaim and high praise in 2000 x-men 1 and 2 awesome x-men 1 and 2 which you can see on disney plus right now for some reason 3 is not on air (laughs) i have a feeling it may not but you know x-men 1 and 2 is on air it was two awesome movies at the time and then after that x-men 3 brett ratner came out maybe that's the reason why it's not going to be in the disney plus but brett ratner's version came out and it never really lived up it it actually fell it dropped considerably in quality in terms of character development and everything it was just so bad and then it just kept getting worse we kept we now we didn't got uh x-men origins we got a whole bunch of other things and then it tried to get back up with uh the first class and you know days of future past which two both of them were you know over, were overall good in the eyes of fans apocalypse not so much dark phoenix not so much so it, it has a up and down history however what stayed consistent through it all was deadpool deadpool even in even in x-men origins he was the most sought after person so deadpool's movie history you know starts off with that in 2009's x-men origins wolverine which was supposed to be telling the story of wolverine and saber but the standout thing of the whole entire movie was ryan reynolds portrayal as Deadpool's as wade wilson and here's the funny part about it is that his appearance was he was at the beginning and at the end but he was nowhere near the middle and when he got to the end they screwed up that part if you guys also remember there was a lot of problems with this movie not just from the storytelling part but the whole movie got leaked before it was ever you know produced you know with the cgi and bells and whistles and everything so that was a whole thing i if you guys remember it, that was so it was all like the the leaked version it was all green screen it wasn't even ready so people got to see the movie before it ever came out in the theaters and it was bad it was really really bad but the one thing that was a p- biggest positive and the one thing that to this day that still stands out is ryan reynolds portrayal as wade wilson uh who like i said was only in there for a short ter- a short term it was it was reminiscent of when the rock First appeared on the Mummy 2, and the biggest thing about the Mummy 2 was the Rock's portrayal as the Scorpion King, and it was all pe- is the only thing that people could talk about. And he was only in that movie for five minutes, and then they had the CGI version of him at the very end. And there were similarities to that movie, to Mummy 2, and you know uh, X Men Origins, is that they both did the same thing. They had these. You know overwhelmingly charismatic characters that stood out in the beginning of the film and slightly at the end you know sans the crappy cgi and makeup job and everything and but they stayed consistent like wade wilson like when people saw ryan reynolds as wade wilson on x-men origins they already knew that there was more to be done with his character and the actor as well for that and even ryan reynolds knew that it was more to be done um deadpool then made his starring debut in 2016 due to high demand of the fans and he got his self-titled movie directed by Tim Miller and written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick and it was this movie where we got to see both Ryan Reynolds play the character fans uh knew he could truly be you know and it he did not disappoint at all the movie did not disappoint at all still considered One of the best comedies of all time. (laughs) The first movie not only knocked it out the park, but with great performances, great cast, and appropriate rated R narrative, we also got a bonus from this movie in what I consider the greatest Stanley cameo of all time, as he appears as a DJ of a strip club. Something I never thought we would ever see Stanley do. It was priceless. It was absolutely and only something that. It's it's a very Ryan Reynolds type of thing to do, but, you know, more credit to probably Rhett Reese and Paul. I I, I just couldn't believe that Stan Lee would even consider doing that cameo. It's so out of pocket. <laughs> it's awesome. The movie was wildly has been widely acclaimed as one of the best comic book comedy movies ever and grossed over $363 million, uh, 70000 709 uh dollars in the US with its US opening acquiring over 132 million four hundred thirty-four thousand six hundred and thirty eight dollars. It's just amazing. Then in 2018, which felt like so far away between two years, it was only two years. Um in 2018, we got the mother of all comedic sequels as Deadpool 2 arrived bigger better and a hell of a lot funnier than edgy and more edgy um this time bringing in josh brolin as cable while already receiving major acclaim for his and success um and his epic portrayal as thanos and avengers infinity war i mean this was josh brolin's year was 2018 you can't say nothing about that dude in 2018 that was his year uh now not to mention we got one hell of a appearance from quote-unquote x-force if not for a short while uh which also included the debut of diamond uh played by zazie beats from uh fx's atlanta uh the juggernaut voiced by ryan reynolds the way better appropriate juggernaut here this was the juggernaut like i know x there's another thing that people have problems with in x3 was that i mean that juggernaut wasn't bad it's just if you compare it to the juggernaut in deadpool 2 not even close <laughs> like they killed it on Deadpool 2 with that and a funny cameo from the cast of X-Men First Class awesome just awesome um what made the sequel so great and significant though was that we not only uh got to see many characters from the X-Men universe but because of Deadpool's weird ability to break the fourth wall the writers were able to take many liberties with the film by mentioning everything from comparing the movie to the comics uh mentioning the dc film universe as well including poking fun at um the failed green lantern movie that uh he took that ryan reynolds took part in and more importantly this is absolutely more importantly characters in the mcu including I, i have been mentioned many times in this movie including acknowledging that cable is thanos in its own uh, tongue-in-cheek way and it's because of that we now say that it's easy it's easy to say that Deadpool 2 arguably but I say easily say that Deadpool 2 is officially an MCU movie not only because Fox is uh, was purchased by you know uh, Disney and acquired by Marvel Studios but the mentioning and the third wall breaking was brilliantly tailored to make it as if he is a part of the group even back into in in, you know two i think they had i think they had an inkling of knowledge that you know there may be some type of uh uh, acquisition going on and they went with that and it was awesome i think they did an absolutely great job and i i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with three three is going to be so fantastic uh it's just great so here we go we're getting our movies back we're getting our movies back and i can't be more happier so last thing i want to talk about is of course scott pilgrim versus the world which again ubisoft lovingly released this on my birthday on january the 14th this year and i couldn't be happier now originally i was going to review and look back at the movie during it during the date of its release date uh or the week of its release date because we're celebrating um what is it two when did that movie come out let me look into scott pilgrim versus the world real quick uh to so when that came out scott there we go 2010 so a little over two uh 10 years ago it's, it's celebrating its 10 year anniversary the movie still holds up first of all i want to point that out here and but it, why people were so excited that the game came out because of how great a game is but also how great the movie is and how great the graphic novel is Edgar Wright got it right, and I, I I I I can't speak for the other movies that Edgar Wright was. Maybe I knew he um he did Shaun of the Dead. I knew he did Baby Driver, World's End. Um, he did a lot I, a lot of those movies which were awesome, but I think Scott Pilgrim versus the World really really stood out more than any of those for a lot of great reasons because he was able to accomplish something that a lot of people have trouble a lot of people in Hollywood have trouble doing when it comes to you know doing what was it like doing iterations of of comic book um to film movies and that translations are usually off they usually tend to not go by the source or they used partial source and didn't do their own thing in the 90s it was horrible because they just barely did any of the source comics for you to even recognize it whereas i'm talking about the punisher i'm talking about uh what is it, the original fantastic four There was a lot of bad movies in the 90s and a lot of it had to do with the directors not respecting the comics the source of where they came from and they weren't fans they were hollywood they were hollywood you know uppity dudes that were saying like okay i could do whatever the hell i want nobody's gonna care because it's based on a comic book but i can make it come to life in the own way that never worked it never worked but if you go to the source if you try to go as close to the source as possible and maybe yeah take a little bit of liberties with it but remain the source of the uh, of the of what the book was based on it'll work some people were so afraid to do exactly with uh, the events of the book not edgar wright because him michael bacall wrote a, a wonderful screenplay a wonderful movie that word from word it's almost like this the script was just read the book just read the book we're gonna go by the book we're gonna go by all of it it is it's it's just it's fantastic what they did edgar wright also directed it and gave us a visual version of what we what we read in that graphic novel and it was it's just it was it became legendary in it own sense like there were only like I said before I, I mentioned this on the select start uh episode just re- this week there are only two movies that were successful in making a panel by panel uh retelling in live action it was Scott Pilgrim and it was the watchman panel by panel word from word and you just you're shot because you don't see this happen as much you do not see that happen much and man i just enjoyed it the cast i mean let's talk about the cast here the cast includes what now could be said an all-star legendary cast here because at the time they were kind of up and coming and they were just starting to get their feet on the ground, some of them. And now it's like, you look back and it's like, oh my God, look who was in this movie. Just incredible. Michael Sarah, of course, speaks for himself. Michael Sarah is just, he's just ridiculously good. He was perfect for Scout Pilgrim here. You had um, Wallace Wells played by uh, Karen Culkin, you know, which by the way, if anybody wants to know he is the brother of macaulay culkin and you can kind of see that as well so uh he made his and he did he did great as wallace wells in here anna kendrick as uh stacy pilgrim she was hilarious and you know she's anna kendrick that's all you need to know now like it's it's awesome um you had allison pilg play kim aubrey plaza julie powers she was hilarious in here but it's Aubrey Plaza because she just she's awesome whatever she does (laughs) and not only that you see all these people in this movie look not only just look different but kind of play different to other characters that you see I mean they're actors but it's just amazing how acting to me is supposed to uh, suspend your disbelief and I know who these people are but they do watching this movie make me feel like that they're playing more of the characters more than themselves like if you watch Will Smith play in anything it's like okay it's just Will Smith playing something you know you see Will Smith in everything that he does not this like Aubrey Plaza as Julie Powers was a totally different like makeup for makeup and everything it's totally different even though she was still dark and cynical <laughs> as she normally is in a lot of things uh it still felt different um michael Sarah, i think is the only one i can say to like it, you still see michael Sarah, but he's playing scott pilgrim nonetheless um then you have mary elizabeth winstead uh ramona flowers now here's one of the first here that plays an actual comic book hero and we is in this movie if you guys remember she also played huntress in the holly quinn movie uh the sequel as well that came out oh so, uh, not really the sequel it's her own standalone movie as well so uh so you got that's the first superhero that i'm mentioning um you got jason schwartzman Swartz, uh, as gideon graves i mean it just gets so better ellen wong as knives chow i believe she also played in later on she played in glow on netflix and it's just i mean i love that if you if you're a wrestler fan you would love that uh show she she did really well in there uh, in that uh tv series as well so but then you got you got the big leaguers here you got ryan um, i was about to say ryan reynolds that's not the case you have appearances by um none other than chris evans who plays one of the evil exes lucas lee lucas lee apparently is based on Jason Lee, actor Jason Lee, who played in all the Kevin Smith movies. I didn't notice at the time, but he was also a former skateboarder, a famous skateboarder as well, that turned into an actor. So I didn't, I didn't uh, even know that that was a thing. um You also had, who, and by the way, Chris Evans, of course, is Captain America. You know, famously. So, it, you know, so you had that. But then you also had Brie uh, Brie Larson as well, who played Envy Adams and we all know bro this is the first take note this is the first time i ever watched brie larson it's the first my first interaction with brie larson in any movie was here and i thought she was phenomenal in this movie and then to find out that she's playing captain marvel and i it was like i i totally believe it she i'm so drawn into her character and her portrayal and everything just so great um just just it didn't also can i forget to add so we got captain marvel we got captain america but we also have superman as well because then we got brandon roth who is mv adams's new boyfriend also ramona's ex and he's playing todd ingram the vegan <laughs> the, the the vegan with powers it's just um just so incredible this movie this movie should not have worked and I, before i even go there also got to mention uh one other guy who is a friend of the show who has been on this show four times and a really good dude and his name is Ruben langdon who plays the who plays lucas lee stunt team leader he's the first you you can't miss him he's the first stunt double that you see for lucas lee and he was the also the stunt man in here as well It it was just totally awesome. We actually got a chance to talk about that uh, in our first interview ever. When I first interviewed Ruben Langdon, who also plays Ken Masters on uh, Street Fighter 5 and 4, and also Dante from Devil May Cry. When I first interviewed him, we talked about his appearance on there. And we're going to play a clip right now of that interview. And um, in doing so, we're going to talk about his experience on the uh, on the set of uh scout pilgrim because it was just great i love what he did on there and it was just awesome just to see it, it was kind of a little because the game because the the movie is also a tribute to video games it was for a lot of people a, a big wink wink moment and talking about of seeing the guy who plays so many different game characters on there as well and plus he's a stunt he's a stunt man as well and stunt coordinator as well so it played in beautifully for him in here so here is a clip of that interview of myself and uh ruben langdon talking about scott pilgrim just before we go were you the guy at the very front next to um michael Sayre? Uh, you know, on that clip. Uh,
1: and, and, and Scott Pilgrim. And Scott Pilgrim. I, I was uh, stunt double number one for uh, – or the first stunt double for that – there was a stunt double scene. Right.
0: I, I remember vaguely with that scene with Chris Evans. Yes,
1: Chris Evans. Exactly. I was uh, his – his part of his stunt team, I guess. His, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also did uh, – so initially for the film, um, we did some test, test work to sort of pitch – worked with Edgar Wright and, and Brad Allen, the yeah. stunt coordinator. And, um, we were doing, uh, I was brought on board to help with the pitch package to universal. It was sort of, Oh, wow. So, like they, they had sort of green it already, but because Edgar had all this experimental, um, camera work that he wanted to do and, and, mm-hmm. and different techniques and things he wanted to implement into the film to make it look the way it looked. Um, universal was like okay we'll give you a couple of days to shoot and right. this was before they had fully locked in michael cera so right uh so i got to be scott pilgrim for two days
0: <laughs> how cool it was
1: very it was very cool i knew it was just a test and i knew in a million years <laughs> i'd ever be scott pilgrim but <clears throat> um it was fun to get up get in the outfit and i was reading the comics at the time and
0: Oh, the comics was great. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I was a instantly a huge fan, and um, and then later because the whole thing was shot in Canada, uh, and because mm-hmm. of its uh, Canada's strict rules for um, uh, employment rules, right, um, right. Basically, they were trying to get me on board as a stunt player uh, and on the stunt team, but they uh, unless you were a stunt double, and I wasn't Michael Sarah's double in the film; it, it was somebody else. Gotcha. And they were trying to get unless you're a stunt specific stunt double or have a specific stunt position, they uh, the Canadian law won't let uh, pr- performers from the states go up there just to be. Yeah, ripped.
0: I've heard many a things about that. Not only just from from your the industry that you work yeah. in, but other industries as well. Yeah, they're really really strict. It's, it's super strict. I mean, it's strict
1: the other way around too. So you know, mm-hmm. it's it's it is what it is. But um, so basically uh, Edgar. Uh, basically, wrote me in that part and said, No, this is the guy, and this is a part, and we're going to give him this. And he's, you know. Uh, so they brought me back up to, to mm-hmm. the film as, as the um, stunt double guy <laughs> for Chris Evans. Right. So it was, did I, he, I got to did be they... on the film just for a couple weeks, but um, uh, that couple weeks was a dear experience and it was a lot of fun. And yeah.
0: All right. So that was the clip of myself and Ruben Langdon, who is Lucas Lee's. No, stunt coordinator, stunt man number one, and like I said, if you watch that clip, which is one of my favorite scenes, period. Not only just because he was in it, but Chris Evans playing as Lucas Lee, and the way they got his eyebrows arched up, he got the spiky hair, and the, his portrayal—like you would never—people dismiss how great Chris Evans is because this is the same guy who played Johnny Storm of Fantastic Four, and if you look at his portrayal of that, and then you look at Lucas Lee right here, and then you look at Captain America three totally different personas and characters i mean he really puts it in i don't think chris evans gets enough credit for how well he does these portrayals because he's just like he's just he plays these three different characters all have three different kind of demographics and age limits and mentalities and you don't see chris evans anymore you see that character you like I, I love the way that they have his eyes arched up too so it's like you know kind of know as chris Evans, but he totally gets into his character and i'm looking at my screen right now uh of this scene and there's Ruben langdon right here. <laughs> it's so awesome so um if you want by the way if you want to listen to that entire uh interview Go to TalkTimeLive.com, go to the exclusives uh, page in there, click on it, scroll down. It's at the very bottom. Uh, it was my very first interview with him on July 4th, and it was awesome. Just talking about that and much, much more. And we have other interviews with him as well, leading up to Devil May Cry 5. I mean, I anytime I need him and uh, want to have him on the show, it's just a text away, a uh, phone call or a text away, man. He's just an awesome dude. He's a world traveler uh he gets in, gets into the uh, supernatural well not the supernatural uh, i should say the extraterrestrial if you will um he he's an open-minded very well-rounded guy i always appreciate having him but this movie in all honesty if you've read the novel if you read the uh graphic novel or comic book whatever you want to call it you read the, the story the story is awesome and in comic book form this sh- should work I forgot bill haters was in here too just a whole star stuff i haven't even remotely named all the people that was in this movie but you look at this movie i mean and you look at the graphic novel it should it works for a graphic novel standpoint it works from a comic book standpoint trying to put this into film is not easy and then making it work the way it did it should not have worked under i i truly believe under anybody else other than Edgar Wright, this movie would not have worked he somehow made it work and the special effects that they added with it too and this is why people were so excited when they found out that Edgar Wright was going to be working on Ant-Man because we would have this type of this spectacular this spectacle in the ant-man movie and unfortunately we didn't to an extent it was very subtle edgar wright still had he does get credited for some of the things that he put into the movie but not as a director or anything i think it would have been a a very interestingly new now granted ant-man turned out to be really great with its uh with his current directors and everything but one would still have to wonder what they would have done if he would have took the helm of this because this movie is a masterpiece i watched it again the same day i was uh i played the video game it still holds up it's still to my heart it's still a great thing and then on top of this you get the soundtrack you get the soundtrack which also plays so you got the you got a really great video game a tremendous movie and on top of that you have a fantastic fantastic soundtrack here the soundtrack which i mean it's probably among one of the best movie soundtracks ever uh you we when you names you know movie soundtracks you're thinking like new jack city um what else matrix uh geez just i can I, off the top of my head i can't think uh, those are the two that i think immediately um boomerang you know eddie murphy's boomerang i mean just some great 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 waiting to exhale you think it's some great uh, most of those i just mentioned were babyface Edmonds, by the way <laughs> so you have that but then you have scott pilgrim versus the world because you hear a lot of the music that is played in the song, and it just works so well with what's going on in the premise and the story and it, it creates its own narrative for the actual movie but you play it on a standalone it is tremendous i love the soundtrack i love the music from the soundtrack um black sheep is one of my favorites in the soundtrack and it's just it, it's so awesome let me see if i can stop pilgrim versus the world soundtrack let's see what we got here um yeah um we are sex b- uh, b- bombs at, at the very beginning it's just it's some i don't know what it is about the soundtrack that is so awesome um but you hear a lot of the things and a lot of the, uh, the scenes in the soundtrack from the movie. Uh, garbage Truck is awesome. Uh, it's just Under My Thumb is by the Rolling Stones is on here too. It's just great. It is Teenage Dream, um, Threshold, Ramona by Beck. There's two versions too. Um, you know, Scott sings it, but the full version is by Beck, um, who does a beautiful version of ramona on here and it's just it's just work it just works out so well so um what better way to understand why this movie is so awesome why this game is so awesome and why the graphic novel so awesome is i mean it it makes for a legendary brand and product and franchise it's it's just lovely i just absolutely love it if you've never watched this movie it's 2010 if you never watched this movie you owe it to yourself this is like one of the best things ever it is it, like i said it shouldn't work it should not have worked it did work the special effects the fighting scenes michael sarah's fighting scenes it's not that it is you know the thing i love too i think the thing that made it work so well is that they could have easily phoned this in not take it seriously not give it the the uh investment that they did in terms of action scenes in terms of just uh accuracy and but they did they made this they took this seriously you could tell they took this seriously they really made this into an awesome thing and you had some fantastic actors who went on to do some incredibly great things after this and it just it shows this is one of those things that really say you could say you can really make a great comic book movie with serious actors and, and great, give it the quality that it deserves. And that's what we started seeing in 2010. Uh, and, and now we started seeing all of these great, great, great movies that are being taken seriously. And, and, and now we got great actors, um, who are putting his, like, again, I, I go back to the winter soldier. We got Robert Redford <laughs> in, in in a comic book movie you would not have seen that in the 80s remember when angela bassett was set to be playing was looked uh for looked after to play storm in the original x-men in 2000 and she declined it because the mentality at the time was comic book movies were were career killers and then x-men came out and it became a big thing and hugh jackman became a big thing and i'm sure i, I sometimes i wonder I, I really wonder why nobody has asked her like did you regret not playing the part of storm in X-Men. Because later on she wound up be you know, she wound up playing in uh of all things. She became Amanda Waller in the Green Lantern movie, which was the worst thing she ever done. It was like that was bad karma on her. Because she played Amanda Waller, and Amanda Waller was a scientist. What? Did <laughs> he play? And then she died, I think, in the movie. So you had that, and then on top of that, she uh wind up becoming t'challa's mother the queen of uh, wakanda which was very appropriate for her she did a great job and i i think it's just a matter of too little too late but she would have been a phenomenal storm like no we love holly berry but holly berry should have never been storm she uh she damn sure I, it should have i you know it's, it's just bad it, it, um angela bassett is still to this day everybody's storm <laughs> that never became so it's just great that we get great movies like this and again it's 2021 um and and i'm looking at this now just so well done if you have not watched this movie go out of your way to watch scott Pogram versus the world it's there's no point in giving this a grade it's it's an a plus it's already a plus by many people's mind go after it check it out man go after it and check it out That will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back. And when we do so, we're going to talk WandaVision. We're going to talk a lot about why this is good and why people may not think it's good, but they should think it's good. And, you know, you know, the generational aspect of it. So we'll talk about all that right after this. TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk time Live!
2: Hey there, this is Kyle bear the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan.
1: Do
0: it. And now it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of the first two episodes of WandaVision. Uh, Disney Plus, in accordance with Marvel Studios, are bringing in our first set of shows that will be introducing phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that will be coming soon. So, WandaVision is not what people expect it to be. Well, people who are impatient you have two different types of fans that are watching this you got the fans who understand what is going on and that's usually the older fans at that who understand that there's a slow burn to something bigger coming and then you have the impatient fans who you know just want to see the action you know it's it's impact over intelligence and there's a there lies the situation i don't want to call it a problem as much as it is a situation marvel is quality marvel likes to do things out of pocket and out of the ordinary but by the end of it has you wild and there i think a lot of fans are used to these epic type of situations coming in uh, but also there's a lot of sophisticated aspect to it there's an essence to this that makes it so great so what marvel is doing this time is that they are doing something a little bit different here we have wanda maximoff and we have vision who is for some reason in a 60s style sitcom and for those who have never watched anything like dick van dyke uh or be witch or father knows best or all you know leave the beaver all that stuff you know and truth be told the demographic who are who is watching these may not have been born during those times honestly i wasn't born during the times of um of these shows but i grew up watching the reruns of this show so i'm okay with it because this is what i watched so i understand um i watched the honeymooners i watched you know all of this amos and andy all that stuff back in the day um all of these black and white shows that have the four three aspect ratio uh filming and such it's it's a throwback it's a throwback for a reason it's and to whoever thinks that this is going to be the entire series is highly mistaken they don't understand the situation but i just tell people you have to be patient because this is all leading into something huge and i think if you're a, a true marvel fan You are patient. I think if you're a true Marvel fan, you know that stuff like this actually happens in the comics. This is nothing extravagantly new. It's just now in live action form. This reminded me of the comic book, The Visions, which does a kind of sick comic type of, you know, theme to those books. He's now with a family of humanoid robots just like him, or synthetic uh, uh, robots just like him, a daughter. son viv who just happens to be part of the champions as well you know they are all part of that so this is nothing out of the ordinary what they've done but what this is doing is that this is leading into something much bigger and the biggest thing that you notice from this is at the end of these uh, both shows which you see a certain insignia a logo that logo is from a huge organization known as sword sword is like the like the outer space intergalactic version of shield and we see that this is being brought into the premise here uh of course shield is pretty much defunct in the marvel cinematic universe and now sword is now possibly going to be entering in but we don't know to what extent we don't know anything yet we just see the symbols there if you watch rather the animated uh, cartoons or you've seen the or you read them in the comics then you know which sword is about? You know that something way bigger is about to happen here. And I want to also point out if you go on Disney Plus right now, that they also focus, they highlight in their marquee WandaVision, Civil War, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame, because that was the two things that Vision and uh, Wanda, aka Scarlet Witch, was on so there may be hints and clues leading up here and if you also know that during the commercials of the WandaVision series there are also hints as well one showing a commercial for Stark the other one showing a commercial for Strucker aka from Hydra you saw the Hydra symbol in that watch by the way I want that watch <laughs> that's a whole other thing but what I do love about the first two episodes is that they capture I mean absolutely capture the essence of the 60s sitcom to a t like it's just so awesome uh elizabeth olsen and paul bettany does an incredible job in their portrayals in their dick van dyke and uh mary Tyler moore portrayals it's just so awesome they pay homage to dick van dyke they pay homage to Witch, obviously there and they do it in exactly the way it happens now if you're young if you're like 20 18 and you're seeing this and i i I haven't seen the comments i've only heard it from people in our acmg facebook group who looks out to other uh you know sources and groups and other stuff like that there are people who are complaining about this whole format and they don't they don't get it but they you know some people understand it but they don't like it but i love it i love it because i one mostly because i know this is temporary But what they're doing is they're creating this is this is the art of acting. And this is the fact that they were able to perfectly make a an entire, you know, TV show based on the 60s and capture the essence of that. That's great acting right there. But there's so much to look into in this. If you really, really I think that by the time that the uh, there's nine episodes here, the first two, we see the other seven episodes, you know, flesh out you'll start to everything from the first two episodes will make sense and I I, I, I I have to tell you i as a person who loved watching that like i wasn't born in the 60s but I, the the episodes would replay and you know in in regular tv like when we i was born around the time when we had black and white tvs when we still had black and white tvs hell i was born during the era when we had crappy black and white tvs and we had to use pliers to turn the channel so um before the remote control era ever came and seeing these in this fashion in the i love lucy black and white you know fashion just it was just awesome to see like granted i should be more annoyed of it now because the uh, this era of television represented a systemic type of situation but not this in particular show because there's there are more characters of color in this black and white sitcom series that you've ever seen you've seen a character of asian descent indian african-american you'll never see that combination in any of those old shows guaranteed i thought that was awesome (laughs) so from that significant standpoint um there are also people that we should look i mean the 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 show uh, if you look at it obviously wanda this is wanda's world this is the world that Wanda's projecting, and she is starting to notice things that are unanswered. You see that at the end of the first uh, episode when um, when they actually have dinner with, Miss, with Mr. and Mrs. Hart, who is the boss. By the way, Deborah Jo Roop from that 70s show is perfect for this episode for this episode she is I don't know if she's going to be in future in the other episodes when they start transitioning into the uh like the 70s sitcoms and all that stuff but she was so perfect in her portrayal as Mrs. Hart and it's like it was if she was actually in those old shows but then again she was also in that 70s show which was sort of a period piece as well she's just another person another actress who does not get enough credit for how, how great she is um we also seen some things that hinted off on a lot of things we got to see uh monica uh, rambeau in here but she didn't say her name was monica rambeau there was a lot of other um th- people that we saw in here as well kathy uh katherine hahn as agnes and honestly i think the way that they portrayed it, and i watched just twice i'm actually watching it on my screen right now and the stark industries uh, toaster commercial comes on um i think agnes is going to play a pivotal part in all of these episodes she is set to be in all nine episodes which means i think there's a bigger role for her in this show um I definitely 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 want to point that out that my prediction for her character i think she's leading i think she's more to be leading on i think she this is my prediction i could be absolutely wrong here i think she's going to turn out to be abigail brand who is the leader of uh, sword i think she is in there to monitor uh who what wanda is doing and which is what is happening in this uh, episode and all these episodes coming up because you're going to see her in different episodes if you go into imdb or you watch uh some of the trailers you'll see that she's going to be in the 70s and 80s versions as well so i think she's going to be there to monitor her and oversee what she's thinking and remembering throughout this whole thing and there are shards of memory that is coming back there are things that are happening to her that she's happening the sad part of this whole thing is that i don't think vision is real at all which is going to be extremely sad because I think she's projecting this for her own comfort and but things are starting to you know as we saw in episode two it's starting to come it's starting to come into fruition that things are happening by episode two when they actually show um what did they start showing they started showing her uh seeing things in color even though she's in black and white. You saw the helicopter that had the sword logo in there. You saw, you know, one of the actresses. Um, what is it? Dottie? Yeah, it was Dottie who uh, who bled and, and you saw the red blood. Things are starting to come into fruition. Then at the end of season, uh, episode two, you saw that there was a guy in a beehive outfit in a beekeeper's outfit with hives around him. And he saw and wanda kind of knew who that was and decided to change the scenery around and also just out of the blue after the magic act uh scene that they had on episode two she just out of the blue became pregnant you know as if her name was mary <laughs> so they um they're now transitioning over to the 70s or the colorful 60s because there was a time when things went into color um and you know, it was. I think it's awesome because not only are we are we seeing this fictitious world that it's that I believe is in Wanda's head come in, we're seeing a uh, like them paying homage to TV throughout the generations. So this is going to be interesting because uh we're going to see more appearances from people monica rambeau is also going to be in eight of the nine episodes we're going to see kat dennings come in replies, reprising a role as darcy lewis um we got you know people oh who else uh, uh listen randall park is coming back as jimmy Wu. um yeah this is going to be very interesting this is going to be very interesting I, all i got to tell fans is that i don't want to say appreciate the art of what was the 70s sitcom, but also know that this is a temporary thing. Like, yes, sometimes you just gotta wait. You gotta you gotta allow yourself, you gotta condition yourself to wait and be patient because i thought there were some really great things about these first two episodes as a person who used to watch these shows i thought it was very accurate to what they were doing I, like i said i love this part when uh vision is singing uh yakety yak don't talk back and you got uh deborah joe roop as mrs hart dancing <laughs> in, in distraction while uh, Wanda's like trying to put together the food, but constantly is messing everything up. This is total bewitch classic stuff. This is total I love Lucy classic stuff. Like, you may not understand it, but you have, you know, if you really watch those shows from back in the day, you got to appreciate the art, the artistry of this because I thought they were spot on with how they did this and how they portrayed it. But also, leaving in these subtle hints, these little things that makes you want to think, like, what's going on here? Like, I said, Agnes. Agnes to me I think is the person that we need to watch uh, I don't know if, if Mrs. Hart is going to be in because they did show her in the second episode as well but uh, the one thing that started coming in too I want to point out too is episode one where Mr. Hart was choking on a on a link sausage and Mrs. Hart was like saying st- t- kept telling her husband to stop it and she wouldn't she did it in a way in a really creepy eerie way where she kept saying stop it and laughing but wasn't afraid or scared and that was kind of a red flag right there it was this was like get out type of eerie? like if you ever watch get out it's that like environment where everything just comes off so weird and something else is going on and this is what i felt from this This is exactly what i felt with this um but then there was a little moment and when while he was choking wanda told vision to help him and he did. He did exactly what he did, and then all of a sudden, everything just rebooted itself. What so it, it, it appears. So, yeah, there are definitely things going on. There are things that can't be answered because whenever that happens, that's when the glitch happens in the system. And then at the end of the show, you see that there's somebody monitoring them and watching them as if this was the Truman Show. So, just I would just tell impatient fans who like just who likes the bim, bang, boom, and impact. I think all that's coming. I think there's some bigger things coming, but there's subtle hints that are coming on. I think this is why they showed the first two episodes, which is going to be in black and white. I w- they just wanted to get it out the way and have people do it. I think once everything comes into fruition, I think there's going to be a lot to enjoy and a lot to respect in the first two episodes. I see that coming. Uh, the other thing that also we need to talk about is who was calling for Wanda. This was a discussion in our uh, in our talk time post, our spoiler zone post on the ACMG Facebook group. That was the one thing that was like, who is the person that was calling Wanda and saying the words, Who did this to you? We kept hearing it. What we also kept hearing is the song, Help Me, Wanda. Or, Help, it was supposed to be Help Me, Rhonda, but it's like, Help, Help Me, Wanda. Now, here's the thing. And again, this is a prediction. This is a speculation at best. This is not something concrete. This is a hypothesis, if you will. There's a scene in uh, in uh, Marvel uh, Captain America Civil War where Hawkeye comes to take Wanda away from Vision to join up with Cap and the gang because they're imprisoning her I do recall Clint saying you gotta help me Wanda which every time I thought about that I thought of that song and it's really interesting that that song plays whenever you heard that voice that said, uh, you know, who did this to you, Wanda? And the song, Help Me Wanda, Rhonda, it, I believe it's originally called Help Me Rhonda, but I think it's, uh, they call it Help Me Rhonda uh, or Help Me Wanda on here. So, yeah, it's Help Me Rhonda, but now, it, you know, it they it's weird that they played that song and you hear this voice, but you can't make out who exactly it is. It, I have reason to believe it could be Hawkeye. Now, in the credits and IMDb, there is no mention of uh, Clint being on the show, of Hawkeye being on the show. But then again, that doesn't mean anything because a lot of times when they want to keep secrets, it doesn't name certain names don't uh, show up on IMDb. They hide those names because there's something secretive coming out. There's also no other mention of any other Avengers as well coming out, and we also know that this movie is leading into the events of the new doctor strange movie as well so there's a lot to think about here there's a lot more i wouldn't i I, for those fans who are watching this and not liking the fact that they so much focus on this because they want to see superheroes do what superheroes do guess what superheroes also have these little moments superheroes always have the i've read comic books where they had scenarios like this I'm sorry, but if you're a true comic book fan, did you know that these moments happen? That these slow burn situations happen? That you got to be patient because something greater is coming. So, yeah, it. I it, it it's it's a it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, but um, it's unfortunate in the sense of like the fans. A lot, of, some fans, and and again, it could be just a a vocal minority of fans at best, but it's just kind of sad that people don't get it and they think they do but we've seen stuff like this happen before we've absolutely seen stuff like this happen before and comics where they end up in this weird world and you know you have to figure out what's really going on here so it's amazing that comic book readers can read it but they can't watch it but then again i'm questioning are these people really comic book fans Because if you're really a comic book fan, you would actually appreciate where this is going. You understand that something greater is going to happen and is better. You know, and you just got to respect the arts. I I love what they did here. I, I, you know, I watched this. I'm watching it for the third time right now on mute, but I watched it last night with my wife. I watched it the first time on Friday. Had no trouble with it. Had no trouble with it. And I'm just more excited and more interested in what's really happening and why is this world she having? and why are these words having and who is she running away from who is the guy in the beehive who is the guy in the beekeeper suit that she's running away from because what happened was when she saw him she ran away from him she rewound it the entire scene and going right back into the situation where she uh where what where she uh talked to viz and they discovered she was pregnant out of the blue so at that point everything went colorized and which means it to me the significance of that was that to me she was running away from him and created a whole new scene where now this beekeeper is going to have to try to find her again and i think all through these next few uh episodes we're going to see that this person comes you know closer and closer uh it could be attack it could be a sword agent and we you know on imdb this is uh a uh, shane uh baringu i believe his name is who is credited to be uh a tactical sword agent he's playing in four different episodes so that's something to look out for we got uh, a lot of people are going to be uh, back here too um so yeah deborah joe root is only in for two episodes she was in the first two episodes um wait great griffin is in this no way are you kidding me i'm looking at the i'm looking at the actual uh credits right now this is gray griffin here but it doesn't show what exactly her part is in this this is awesome um for those who don't know i had a chance to meet gray griffin uh, a while back uh like i think in 2018 i was uh at keystone comic-con here in pennsylvania in, uh, philadelphia the first one when uh i was able to i, I was able to uh, liaison you know uh molly flanagan uh and her and her and um lisa her partner along and we were going out to dinner her and my wife and then along with this is gray griffin gray griffin who has played a ton of roles and in, uh including catwoman and, and and batman arkham city uh she played rc in transformers revenge of the fallen she played um uh, she played a lot of different characters man uh, captain marvel at one point wow she's in this this is awesome she also plays wonder woman and dc superheroes uh superhero girls wonder woman uh in teen titans go and as and and i mean an insane assortment of characters um wow that's interesting she is in this series but they don't have her as what so that i'm that's going to be interesting here um so yeah i mean it's, there's a lot going on there's a lot going on i would just tell people to be patient there's a lot to look into you'll get your you'll get your bing bang boom trust me this is the same this happens all the time this happened when agents of shield first came out first season was very slow paced and uh, you know until like the winter soldier came out these things some things just take time to build you got to allow yourself to have the patience and excitement to build if you do that, uh, you'll be you'll you'll be rewarded. You can't have everything that you want when you want it. That's just it. But I guarantee I I, I want to say I guarantee you. I, I don't want to say that at all because uh, there wasn't humans. But I think this is going to lead into something very interesting and something way bigger than any of us imagine. Especially the fact that sword is finally in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I cannot stress that enough. This is a big deal. This is going to take the Marvel Cinematic Universe to charters that they we've never got to see before. And now we're fully getting into the, the real world of Marvel. The Marvel Comic Universe is really coming in uh, now. Sword is here. <laughs> and that's the thing. What is Sword going to be? Is this going to be? Because, I mean, remember, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So what is in the comics in the 616 may not be exactly what you see in the mcu but regardless i have faith they put a lot of money into this they put a lot of emphasis into this and i'm looking very forward to doing this i love what they're doing so far granted it's not what we expect yet from what we see but there's things going on here there's things going on this is not really what wandavision is about this is obviously a situation that involves her projecting these type of situations maybe going through some traumatic situations since the events of losing vision in infinity wars you know if you remember at the end of end game she was talking to uh who was she talking to um she was talking i think she was talking to uh clint at the end when they were doing the memorial for tony how much she misses vision and according to how much they were missing, um, they were missing uh, Black Widow. So yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would be, uh, I'll be surprised if this is not based upon the fact that you know she's missed Vision so much that she wants to see him, and this is how she portrayed their situation. There's a lot. It's this, these episodes are all about significance, and from an artist standpoint, when you look at. You know, any works of art—it's all about the significance and what did it involve. And the significance here is that she may be projecting all of these images to run away from the reality that she's in, and also she may be held captive by sword in some type of experimentation type of situation. So. There's a lot to be leading in, but damn it, that Agnes. I'm gonna keep my damn eye on Agnes since she's gonna be in here for the remainder of the uh, entire series here as well. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I I love it so far. I'm looking forward to it. So that's my view on that. We already got a lot of views on the ACMG Facebook group via the Wandavision Talk Time post, and for the most part, all of our. Now, granted, I will say this: the majority of our of our uh members of of this facebook group are in the they're a higher demographic they're like most of them are going to be like 35 to 45 years old so nine chances out of 10 people in this age demographic have watched these type of shows before and understand it plus we're a little bit more patient than this newer generation too so we have a lot more to understand and a lot more to enjoy with this and understand that there's a bigger picture after this. So there's a maturity level, there, I say, in this whole entire thing. And that doesn't mean everybody of this age demographic is gonna get it because let's be real, not everybody has the mindset and the comprehensiveness to understand what's gonna happen. Some people have a more simplistic mindset and they like to see big lights they like to see big explosions and that's what entertains them not exactly the worst thing in the world but also there's a lot there's a lot more dimension to these things and you just you gotta go you gotta love what you love so it's not it's not that this is bad at all it's just it's not just giving certain people what they want in this aspect but it doesn't mean that it's bad doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense just means that some people maybe have a paleolithic mindset may want to hear just boom boom bang whereas other people have a more sophisticated mindset and understand the situation and is more involved into one is you know see the situation through the way that they're doing it so that's just that's my play on it but i right now me personally i'm enjoying it so far i love what they did i i i extremely appreciate uh what they did with this and it, it they were spot on if you look at it from an accuracy standpoint they were spot on they did a great job paul bitney knocked it out the park uh Brio um they i mean all of them just knocked it out the park here um i really really enjoyed this to a t uh elizabeth olsen the best olsen of them all by the way just nailed it who would have thought <laughs> First of all, I didn't at, before even I even knew who she was. I didn't know that there was a third Olsen, and she, God, she is she is doing it, man. I can't speak for the twins, but <laughs> it is doing it, folks. That will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you had a chance to enjoy it. I hope you had a chance to check out WandaVision and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And if you haven't, go out of your way to check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, you can't miss it. Uh, like i said before on select start read the graphic novel first watch the movie or not no actually you know what watch the movie first read the graphic novel why realize how really accurate it is then play the game and then play it watch this and listen to the soundtrack all of them great combination of everything unlike any other franchise you've ever seen before so go out of your way to check all that out so folks that will do it uh you can check this in every show out on talkTomlive.com, you can check out our exclusive interviews which by the way as i mentioned before the cast of naruto uh q a virtual uh panel that i hosted is up on there the video version is up now so you can watch that you could go to uh you go go to talktomelive.com you should be able to see it is right next to the recent episode of select start or if ever you can always go to the um exclusive page and you'll see it there as well when you click on the uh, Cast Naruto uh, image. So, you'll be able to find it there as well. And also, we'll see who's who's coming on the show next. You never know. <laughs> 2021 is going to be very interesting to say the least. But, if you want to subscribe and download and if you're new to listening to this show, you can also do so on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and many, many more. So, just to let you know this week i think i'm ready in terms of a select start i think i'm ready to do a versus review i have been playing yakuza like a dragon and i've been also playing uh judgment which is the spinoff to the yakuza series and i want to compare and contrast the two and see whether which one is good, which one are good, which one is even better than the other, whatever. Uh, And, you know, check it out. So this will probably be my first time doing a versus review, grading two of them in one episode and at the same time, but also comparing to see which one I like better than the other. Both, I can tell you now, are really good. Uh, To what extent, we'll find out this week. And then, this Sunday, I just found out, I just realized that um, the Batman series is out right now the uh new batman animated uh series that is based on the 70s and i forgot the name of that batman 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 ah, i can't find it it's the ah uh, batman it's something dragon <laughs> bat man animated movie 2021 it's not death in the family damn it Ah solo the dragon that's what it is, so yeah, um Batman solo the dragon is out um it will be out I believe it's uh the initial release is twenty six I have reason to believe it may be out now if it, that if that is the case, I will get a chance to check it out and i may that may be the, the movie that I will uh look at this week for a uh, for a review for a talk topic this week, so definitely hold off for that, but yeah, we got uh definitely a lot of things to check out this week, so hopefully it will uh take your mind off of what's going on in the real world and uh this is going to be another big historical week by the way so get ready god willing it all just goes off without a hitch uh dc right now is entirely populated by uh national guards they reside in every single form of residence there so good luck to anybody who's going to try to infiltrate that again again we'll never know we'll see what happens there so ah everybody have a great week and um great and peaceful week i should say and again thank you everybody who wished me well on my birthday and uh let's do it let's keep it going and keep it growing so that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and have a great week